0: Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Staub.
1: All right, welcome to the podcast. My name is Nasser Pasha. Now, Matt Staub, uh, two attorneys here with Pasha Law, practicing in California, Texas, New York, and Illinois.
2: Yep, and this is where we talk about the business in the news and
1: also add our legal twist to that business news. Yeah, so. We're going to talk about it. Well, this is a very... well oh, it's going to come out after Thanksgiving, but I think this is a very appropriate story for Thanksgiving Day because it deals with a lot of... There's no actual sleeping, I guess, in the story, but it deals with mattresses. Do a lot of people buy mattresses on Black Friday or during Christmas holidays? day after the
2: meal, so... Oh, that's just. I was thinking, like, yeah, the day after that you go but, out and buy a mattress. But well, one thing I didn't realize is that this mattress industry, it is cutthroat. I mean, this is like, you wouldn't think so, but it seems like if you're in the industry, whether you're in retail or you're in this now, like these online mattress companies, you know, this is where everything's going now. You can literally buy your mattress online. You see it all over the internet, even on on TV now, they advertise for it, it's pretty crazy.
1: Well, we're gonna be talking about the online aspect of it as you say, but if you've ever, it makes sense if you've ever driven around and you see one company or one, building business that sells mattresses and you're likely to see a handful within a couple of minutes of there. And, and I think the reason you, that is, is because just like you said, competition and someone's going to go to one store to look for a mattress. If they buy it, you know, that's it. But if if not, they're going to be a bunch of other competitors right there that can, you know, make the sale.
2: You know, the whole mattress thing. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've, you've bought a mattress before, I assume, right? Never. Oh, okay. Well, I'll let me tell you what it's like. <laughs> no, but, but the, the whole mattress buying process is always it's it's never fun. I mean not that shopping stuff like that is ever fun, but it's like they're all the same. You're making this kind of long-term investment where you have if you make a mistake, you know you're even if they give you a guarantee return or whatever, you can try it out for 30. You're not returning no mattress, right? <laughs> whatever you buy, you're keeping. And so like I can say that I've had pretty decent mattresses in my life. I would say that like, you know, I kind of just, just get used to them, right? Whether I like it or not.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's, it's all very good points. I've thought the same things. I mean, I don't know about you. The last one I purchased was actually online and it was through, I think it was, it was an ad on some podcast I had listened Mm -hmm. to. So, and it was, like you said, it was a hundred days. Try it out for a hundred days. If you don't like it, we'll come and pick it up, which if you have to send it back, I mean, that's not even feasible, really. I don't know how you would even do that. But um, but yeah, it's it's a big investment. They say, depending on how much sleep you get, it's, you know, I guess would be anywhere from what? 25% to a third of your time of your life, potentially, sleeping on a, ma- on a mattress. Yeah, that assumes that when you're sleeping, you're sleeping on the mattress. Yeah, exactly. That's true. So what we're going to do is we're going to kind of go through this it's a really interesting uh, story that's played out over a couple of years here. Dealing, like like I said earlier with, this is de- dealing with online sales of mattresses, um, which is seems to be the growing trend. There's a lot of different companies out there doing it. Uh, one of which is Casper, which we'll get into, but take it back from the beginning here. So there's this website called Sleepopolis, and it was started by an individual named Derek Hales uh, back in 2014. Uh, essentially, at the time, he was looking to purchase a mattress. I think he looked at a couple. Maybe ended up buying one from a company online. Didn't like it, sent it back. You know, found another one. Basically, he thought hey, there's there's got to be a better way. Essentially, what you said earlier, there's got to be a better way to go about this and get some more information. And having to go through this whole process, started it, so he started this site and Sleepopolis, and it was pretty straightforward—a mattress review site. You do whatever he you know lay on the mattress. Get the specifics, etc. Give, put a review on the site, um, put up videos on YouTube, and that was it. And it got some pretty high traffic, I think, right away. I think it was something that was like twenty five thousand views on the first video that he put up almost immediately. Saw something there, and then started, you know, building out the site. And eventually, said, "Well, look, I need to monetize this thing as well." And the way he did it was through what we're going to get into in specific here. Was referred to as affiliate links or referral links. And that really is really what kicked off this whole, uh, this whole issue that came up. Yeah.
2: And affiliate marketing is, I mean, I don't want to say since the internet began because that's definitely not true. But there was a point where people realized that when they're talking about different products, whether it's their blogs or they have any kind of websites that are about other products or even frankly uh, about anything how you monetize it besides just general advertisement is if you can get them to click onto another site and then they actually purchase something, then that that target site will actually give you a percentage for or some dollar flat fee amount for that sale. And so almost every major retail, I mean, I would say most online retailers have some kind of affiliate program, whether it's Amazon. In fact, Amazon was a big one. If, if you guys recall, like people would blog and then they would have a little, hey, buy this to Amazon, I recommend this book or whatever, and they would get a percentage, you know, whether it's, a a, again, a, a fixed fee or otherwise. And so that really blew up to such an extent that retailers realized that, or online retailers realized that in order to really do well on the web, you need to have an affiliate program and you can make a ton of sales. And that's exactly what happened in this case. Sleepopolis blew up along with all these other online mattress reviewers and these, especially when it comes to the online mattress industry, they, they not only grew incredibly because of these affiliate marketing sites, but they
1: actually depended upon them. A lot of their sales were coming through these t- online review sites. Yeah. And real quick, just to contrast with a straight up advertisement would be, it, it's a similar idea, I suppose, but, you know, in an ad, you're, the business is paying, I would assume an amount upfront to place, you know, whatever ad they want on the site, as opposed to this where... You know that you can have these affiliate links in place, and you basically the the business would have to pay the owner of the site if there's a sale made and they come through the channels through their linking, et cetera so there there is a difference between yeah. the two, and we'll get into that and on why that's significant on the legal aspect, but I'm um, just no actually if- let me get into that for a second just okay.
2: for from a technical pers- perspective so people understand so uh, uh, and again, people that are in the business, this is like very, very basic for them, but I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page. So when advertisers pay, they can either pay by per click or per view. And so per click, per view, it doesn't matter whether there's a sale or not. And so how it works technically when you're doing some kind of referral or affiliate program is when someone clicks on the link or maybe even if they go to your page, then a cookie, we, you know, I think everyone understands what a cookie is, a little file goes onto your browser. And if later on they ended up purchasing something and through the purchase checkout process they detect that that cookie's on there they'll actually give credit to that online um you know online uh, publisher
1: so well like i said what he was doing here was started the reviews and then what he was doing initially was he put these affiliate links at the bottom of the reviews um and what the what the rules are or what the lie is is you have to disclose uh the nature of these relationships which he did to some extent, and we'll get into whether it was sufficient or not under the law, but just know in general he had would have reviews and then at the bottom there'd be these links that people would click on direct to the you know, these different mattress sites and sales would be made and he would get a payment on the back end. So the interesting thing here is he was pretty successful doing it. I mean, I think he started out, he would get the deal he had in place would he would get a $50 Amazon gift card for every mattress he sold, which, you know, if you if you look at the average price of Bay being $1,000, that's 5%. That's a pretty good deal. I think that's, you know, relatively in line with, with what you would expect on this affiliate link uh, setup that you have.
2: And, yeah, I mean, and, and just think about how that changes the industry because, of course— most of us are used to going into a store and some mattress salesman selling you a mattress. And of course, a lot of those salesmen work on commission. And just think about how much work they have to do to get, get that sale. This is I'm not saying that these people don't require work because it requires a tremendous amount of work. But the idea is, is once you have the website up, you have the content there, and you have people going to it, it's kind of just sitting back and seeing what works and what doesn't and that 5% in volume seems pretty attractive. In fact, I think, I mean, he, he ended up making at least, uh, uh, I think, they, they don't know exactly, but the understanding is that he's made a million as a dollar just on this affiliate marketing program. Yeah, I
1: think a conservative estimate was 1.6 to 2 million. But yeah, <laughs> and it, it, it's exactly what you just said. This is basically the, he did the sa- building up the, con- or providing the content, video, et cetera, that was the sale, and then it's just on there, and then his work is done, and the sa- <laughs> you know his sales process is he only has to do it once, and then people get fed through it through this what we'll call the purchasing funnel, and that's how he ends up ends up getting paid on the back end. Which again, it's it's great as long as you can get traffic to your site and people are making the purchase through the links. It's kind of sit it and forget it almost, and that's what makes these affiliate marketing plays so so attractive for especially for websites that are you know, basically solely content-based or review sites. So, okay, so why are we talking about this? I mean, this is kind of an
2: (laughs) interesting story, but uh, so, okay, we have the successful guy, uh, but at a certain point, Casper wants to pull out of the affiliate marketing program. And it's at that point where things really start changing, not only in the industry, but in legal battles as well. And there's there's kind of a history and and a and a trail to that because, uh, again, uh, Casper and these other online mattress companies, as well as other online reviewers, there's been a lot of litigation in between all these competitors, between these uh, review sites, and some a lot of emails have come out. So you've seen how like Casper and other online mattresses, they try to woo these reviewers in multiple ways. They'll they'll say, hey, look. You know, I noticed that you (laughs) reviewed our patches a little lower than our competitor. We would love to have you try it out again. Maybe we can fly you out to New York and and we can (laughs) basically, they don't say it outright, but basically smooth their way into getting a better review. And of course, there's a lot of implications to that because like Matt said, you know, when it comes to these affiliate marketing sites, and especially if you're actually reviewing their sites, the FTC has put up a bunch of different guidelines over the years and it's become more and more clear that you have to disclose that relationship and and how you disclose it becomes very important of course.
1: Yeah and and what you said is really important because what Casper ended up doing was they basically put on it went very hot and then completely cold they saw that I will give the the CEO credit he saw the opportunity there and said look if we can just funnel these sales through this site it's it's much better than having to pay you know paying other avenues it's, it's just a nice way it's, it's really a win-win for everyone so he started pushing hard with Sleepopolis the and particularly the owner like you said what you know what what can we do to make this relationship better offering to fly him out for the weekend to sleep on the mattress which is kind of weird but whatever promising to increase the payouts from 50 to 60 bucks which 10 bucks who cares but he was selling a lot so that was that's a pretty significant increase and also offering I like this is a smart piece too offering not only increasing the price that Sleepopolis was going to get but offering his readers Sleepopolis's readers a discount through it as well so it looks attractive to the potential purchasers they said oh I can get a discount through this so it was that was a very savvy move I thought i on part of Casper, but so they keep doing this really ups the ante to the point where it's, he basically, then he starts getting to the, the Casper starts getting to the actual bad reviews of the mattresses themselves, which I, th- I don't know if we mentioned that or not. We probably should. The big problem Casper had at the beginning was their mattresses weren't getting great reviews in comparison to some of the other ones. So that was their issue. So that's why they were really yeah. doing this push. And and some would say, and I think
2: Derek, the owner of Sleepopolis, would say it's not necessarily bad reviews. It's just that in comparison, right? He even says it's a good mattress, but when you compare prices and apples to apples, it's like, okay, in his opinion, he rates them lower than possibly the competitor. But this is what's interesting. So when Casper pulled out, so that existed already, that kind of, uh, despair, you know, kind of different reviews, a little bit uh, lesser of a review of the competitor. But when Casper pulled the plug on the affiliate program, which I assume is going to be a significant amount of money, uh, Sleepopolis also changed shortly thereafter how they present the reviews. And most significantly, I don't think they necessarily said anything different than what they already believed in, but how they highlighted it. So for example, they added a little box on the Casper mattress review page, and, and, and it says something like this. Thinking about buying a Casper? Do your homework, and it was kind of highlighted in such a way. And check out these four mattresses companies that Sleepopolis does love, or love, Sorry, and and the implication is even if even if the opinion did not change after they pulled the plug, now all of a sudden the owner of the site has a financial incentive to steer their visitors to a different a different mattress. And of course, Casper did not like that and they responded by suing not only sleepopolis but a couple other review sites as well
1: Mm -hmm. and to some extent i get it i mean if if it's a situation where obviously new mattresses come out and you would assume they're going to be better better technology that to build it you know put in place and so you know the review or the rating of a casper mattress an older one could go down or it could look worse in comparison. So that part makes sense. But what you said, that was the problem that ultimately led to the lawsuit was, you know, it's basically actively <laughs> pushing the competitors of Casper on this, on sleepopolis site. And of course, after the arrangement fizzled out. So that was a big issue. That's why, that's when Casper stepped in, sued for uh, basically false advertising and deceptive practices. And that's really what got this thing rolling in terms of back and forth. And you mentioned a couple other company, or a couple other sites got sued. They basically settled, I think, fairly quickly. And we don't even really know the, the terms of that. But Sleepopolis stayed, no pun intended, stayed firm uh, with their stance <laughs> and tried to fight this thing out. And that's where we get into the real interesting legal uh, legal battle between these two companies. As an FYI, these other companies that ended up settling,
2: they actually ended up uh, Removing some of the negative, disparaging, or just removing the references to Casper altogether, which leads us to believe that may, may have been part of the actual settlement. But so, what did Casper basically sued uh, Sleepopolis in saying, and saying, and specifically the owner and the the entity, both in their individual capacity, basically saying, "Hey, you know, you have deceptive uh, practices because you didn't disclose certain things." And there's even a some some factual statements that basically say that. And Sleepopolis, that they're not paid for the reviews. They do disclose the relationship, but it is interesting because the you know the reason for this FTC regulation is 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 to say, look, if I'm going to give you a review, I and it's going to be I'm I don't want to present myself like I'm totally unbiased because no I'm, I'm I am getting paid for this, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's an dishonest review. Just so long as I disclose that that that's kind of the purpose of it, and so it it almost seems as though What Casper is saying that because they started steering in a different direction that was crossing the line and the argument is, well If you disclose that there's a relationship. So who cares if I'm starting to sell them? I'm yeah I'm I get paid for for people that buy other mattresses beside Casper and I'm telling you the other Mattresses are better than Casper. What's wrong with that, right? And I think on its face There's nothing so long as you follow the disclosure requirements by the letter of the law and that's the issue Casper had. That's where they were trying to, that's the angle that they were trying to get at.
1: Yeah. And, and there's, I think there's some meat to that. And a couple of statements that, that were made uh, or a couple of the disclosures on Sleepopolis's site that you know, no reviewer content is paid for by any manufacturer or sleep company. Basically, it's, these are uh, balanced reviews and, and things of that nature.
2: Also the actual disclosure of the affiliate relationships were buried in remote corner of his site and to such an extent that Sleepopolis actually changed that and adjusted that. And I, I don't actually have that, that version of the site previously, but it seems like there was an acknowledgement that, okay, um, something was wrong and they fixed it. So there might've been something definitely there in that aspect.
1: Yeah, I, and I think that there's two big problems, like you said, it's the the actual disclosure that's required, the, the the what and the where and the how of that, and then the statements that were made, also on the site about you know there's no reviewer whatever is paid for which i i mean i guess we'll take that on its face that could be true but there's there's a couple there were just there's definitely some statements on the sleepopolis site that a judge questioned that could potentially give become an issue and because here's the thing a lot of the it's going to be hard on casper's end to prove that you know these are false statements of fact because a lot of it is opinion-based, but there are there were some statements on there that the judge looked at and said, all right, these are factual statements that are listed on the sleepopolis site that could end up being false or deceiving or misrepresented, and those could become a problem. So it was really those you know, it's two separate issues, but... They kind of blend together a little bit. So, so this case is going on, and, and actually uh, Fast Company released
2: this article and kind of went through this whole story for us uh, in a really great way. I have to give them credit for that in, in great details. We'll link it. It was published back in October. And they referenced this, some in-court discussion that Sleepopolis and Derek and their, their counsel was having some settlement discussions with Casper. But then shortly thereafter, they make a motion to basically amend their answer to actually counterclaim against Casper. So let me restate that. So, okay, they're in the middle of settlement negotiations supposedly, and then maybe something doesn't happen right in the way that they wanted to go. In fact, they were discussing possibly Sleepopolis paying something to Casper. But shortly thereafter, Sleepopolis fires back and actually sues Casper back. And what do they allege? They allege some allegations regarding negative SEO. And we've covered negative SEO way in the past, you know, as soon as it started to get in the picture, but and we talked about then how what are the legal implications of negative SEO? And I, so I guess what happened was is that during the same period of Casper pulling out of the affiliate program and these and these litigation law these other lawsuits going around, they hired a reputation management firm and it wasn't proven but then derek the owner of sleepopolis basically started seeing all these bad links to their site and as you guys know when not all inbound links are good for seo purposes if if it appears spammy or you're using some sort of black hack technique then google will actually penalize you and push your the rank in your search engine results actually down and so in order for him to combat it he had to do what's called disavowing the links basically telling google hey these links I have nothing to do with them, and so don't count these against me. And And if you ask for ask any SEO guys, like it's a, when when you get a negative SEO attack, it is a very difficult situation to deal with a lot of times, especially if it's sophisticated. And not only that, if you're not sophisticated enough, whether it's your SEO guys or otherwise, it, it can be very hard to deal with just from, from, from that level. Uh, Derek happened to be pretty good at SEO. I mean, obviously he got to where he was because of that, I think. So he was technically savvy. And so because of these actions, he actually files suit and says, and he has uh, two theories. Basically, one is that it's a tortious interference of a prospective economic advantage, which is a tort theory. And then second, some kind of unfair business practice statute based in in the state of New York. And we talked about this, but uh, when we saw this, we were kind of excited to see this because this is the first time that uh, we've actually seen a a high-profile case go toe-to-toe with a company that are alleging negative SEO practices.
1: Yeah, and of course we're not gonna find out what happened because <laughs> let me timeline this out a little bit. It was actually, yeah. the complaint was filed, the initial complaint by Casper filed April 29th, 2016. Almost a year to the day, April 20th, 2017 was when this counterclaim was filed. And then it looks like, uh, let's see, in July of 2017, the Sleepopolis site has been sold, and who <laughs> and who was it sold to? Uh, Jack Media LLC acquired Sleepopolis.com, which okay, whatever. What what what's that mean? Who cares? But Casper provided financial support to Jack Media to acquire the site, which Casper claims. We exert no; they they acknowledge it and said we exert no influence and have no influence over their site other than we lent them money. So basically, Casper gave these two people, two guys that I think actually knew the owner of Sleepopolis. They gave them Casper loaned them money to buy the site, and you know, I I, I guess we'll we'll let people draw their own conclusions on that one. But it's just interesting how that played out. Yeah, I mean, uh, to me, it sounds. I mean, it just sounds.
2: Crazy that, uh, I, I, not crazy, crazy is the wrong word. I mean, almost brilliant move in the sense that I wonder if uh, Sleepopolis' owner knew that these guys were affiliated by Casper. Because frankly, if you think about it in their shoes, like, okay, Sleepopolis is in the middle of a lawsuit. If we have this negative SEO uh, cross complaint that may or may not have any teeth. I mean, I frankly, like, uh, again, this is kind of untested waters and, the level of proof because how do you actually prove as you as uh, some of the tech savvy people listening the seo guys you know how do you prove uh that someone is buying bad links and and because a lot of times these black hat techniques and these bad links they come from overseas and tracing that and there's there's not really a lot of connections and if you're using another if, if i hire a reputation firm and they hire another group of people or another vendor to do it how I prove that on paper in front of a judge, or jury, it, it it's tough. And so Derek's in this in this kind of quagmire here, and he finds an opportunity to sell, whether he's actively looking or, or, or what have you, and he sells, and the lawsuit's settled. And so what's, I mean, you know, I mean, it's a win-win, it seems like,
1: actually. Yeah, and I was going to say exactly that, and I think let, let's— Let's assume that all the statements he made were true and he wasn't doing anything deceptive. He looks at the you know, looks at the allegations against him, the claims against him says the laws aren't true. Also, I'm pretty sure these this negative SEO was happening. You know, this is all great for me, but he gets approached by these this other company, these guys, and regardless of whether he knew whether they were affiliated with cat or Casper loaned the money or not, he has to look at that from a practical standpoint and say, All right, it's just I'm I made some good money off of this. I can get out clean, get out of the lawsuit. Well, I assume he got out of the lawsuit. I think, it, yeah, it, they did reach a settlement. The suit was dropped, so I can really get all out of all this clean, get paid. I already made money on it. It's probably just best if I if I take this route, and you know, it's it's going to be easiest for everyone. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it could have been. Um, again, this
2: this is where we don't know the details, uh, but I wonder if it was actually part of the settlement in the process. It's it's hard to tell. And I, by the way, I said it was a win win. It might have been, it's, the, you know, referencing The Office, you know, I don't know if it was a win 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 because we, the consumers, may not have necessarily won here, right? Because if you go to sleepopolis.com now, it it looks like a very generic, genericized website that, it, it, I mean, it, it almost seems a little too fair. They're not directing anything. And there's like, it's almost a lack of opinion. It's like there's very subtlety difference between it. It's like sometimes, when it comes to opinions, especially people that are reviewers, like when you when you ask Siskel and Ebert, I think uh, one of them's late. I can't remember. Really yeah, which one definitely is which. one or.
1: <laughs> I
2: apologize to him and his family them and his family. I can't remember which. But point is, when you when you when you go to them for a review, you're not looking for like you know just kind of this very objective criteria of what's good and bad. You want opinion. It's like either you hate it or you love it or you know, some, some kind of little more adjectives than that. And that's not what this, <laughs> this right. mattress review site provides anymore.
1: Well, I think that there's a couple telling things about the site now. So one, the, we, we didn't even mention this at the beginning. The one mattress he really liked was this brand Lisa. Um, so in the, pe- before the yeah, sale, L-E-S-S-A. Lisa, yeah. L E S S A the sidebar, there's a coupon on there for Lisa and with a yellow box. Now that's gone after the sale, after the acquisition, and instead it's a, it's a box with a cu- uh, coupon for Casper. So you tell me, that's one thing. The other thing I noticed when I was trying to find the complaint, so Dare, the owner of Sleepopolis had been documenting this whole legal battle and blogging about it on his site. I found a another website that had picked up this story and had linked to the Sleepopolis site. He said, oh, here's a copy where you can get the complaint. Surprise! Surprise! I click on it now. It just goes to Rego Sleep Opposite. site. They've wiped it clean of all the uh, documentation of this lawsuit that the former owner of Sleep Oppos is doing. So it seems pretty clear, kind of how this all played out. And I I'd agree with you. It's a it's the still pretty good, but not great win win lose. Consumers being the, the loser here, and I'm I, I know Casper
2: won. I'm still assuming that Derek won somehow. Oh yeah, but I could be wrong because it seems like all these other mattress review sites are owned by mattress companies now too, right? So yeah, um, that's that's what I've heard at least. Uh, again, it seems like a pretty cutthroat industry. I
1: mean, we we assume, you know, we talked about this earlier. Made a couple million before. You know, assume he sold it. Casper is probably willing to loan a decent amount of money. To I mean, he made millions of multi-million dollars by reviewing mattresses, so I, was, I would take classify that as a win. Um, pretty young guy too, I, I think. So, you know, I still has plenty of time to I, do other things. I I really wish um,
2: <laughs> I really wish that negative SEO lawsuit would go through. In fact, if anyone has a potential negative SEO lawsuit and they have a way to prove the actual, you know acts of, of the, uh, of the bad links being put up by your competitor, you know, give us a call because we're definitely interested in that.
1: Yeah. And it would be interesting to see and have see just to have a judge listen to that. But then if that was presented to a jury, I can't even imagine the, the glossed over eyes we'd see, but, um, so real quick, just on the affiliate marketing side of things, the, what's the law behind it? We, We talked a little bit about this, but you know, basically, and we, we mentioned this with the, the ads with influencers previously, it's a similar idea. But so if there is the affiliate relationship, you do have to disclose it. What do you have to disclose? You have to disclose that it exists and there's different opinions on what's efficient, what's not. And then where does it need to be disclosed? I mean, basically, the bottom line is the closer the disclosure is to the actual recommendation, the actual affiliated link affiliated company. The better, so you can't have it on, you know, your about us page or your probably not even on your terms and conditions or the general info. I mean, with the disclaimers or yeah, you
2: know, it 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 should really be um, on the same page. Yeah, um, just to be safe.
1: Well, if there's you know if there's a block of if there's a couple paragraphs and there's a link right, certainly if there's a link, you know, you can disclose it right there. But yeah, it's. It's that clear and conspicuous language that we've seen before. You do have to make the disclosure if there's any form of uh, any form of pay that's getting pushed across. The just disclosing that it's inadequate or that it's an affiliate link probably not enough because I don't think really because people consumers, the average consumer might not even know what that is. And how we we, we talked about this before as well. This does differ from an ad so. Again, we we'd like to give a, a more clear definition of this, but this it's, you know how the law works is, if it's clear that something's on the site that is a paid ad, if it's clear to the visitor of the site, then you don't need to make additional disclosures. But if it's not clear, then you might need to make those additional disclosures. So probably the bottom the word of advice here is you know when in doubt, just make the disclosure. I don't I mean to me. It wouldn't really steer the way I felt about something necessarily unless it was very blatant that it was biased. But, you know, just the side of caution.
2: And I've seen I've seen this carry carry out itself in in multiple ways. Uh, And we'd probably need to revisit the, you know, on a case by case basis, some of the new guidelines that are that have come out. But I've seen everything from even saying, hey, here's here's my affiliate link. And most people know what that means. It's like, hey, you know, I mean, I get paid a percentage or I get some kind of referral fee if you click on this, so please use this, you know. And everyone's familiar, most people, again, are like a, are familiar with that refer friend, you know, where you buy something and you refer something, you get $10 off, they get $10 off or whatever. And so those kinds of, uh, there, there's ways to do it to be very clear and not do it in a way that may uh, annoy your readers or annoy, you know, who, you know who you're recommending these products to. So but again it, it gets very specific and so you know what I would do is if you have one of these affiliate links or sites and you're more interested in figuring out how to present it uh just give us a call or give a, a attorney in your a call in your, in your jurisdiction that's familiar with these rules and uh we can we can talk about it.
1: Or you're, or your greater wish to get involved in some big negative SEO uh <laughs>
2: I I would I would love it. I'm you know, I, we really need to look more. I mean, I've been, I've been searching for those kind of uh lawsuits, but nothing that's really caught my attention that's kind of worthwhile. It's like, like I said, it's a uh, and I've also seen there's I think there's a lot of ways to combat negative SEO as well, so that's typically the better way to handle it, uh but uh, I'm sure there's going to be an instance where it makes sense to financially go after your competitor because of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like it's got to be proving some amount of damage or what the amount of damages is going to be difficult, but it's I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll tackle that at another time. We are, this is strictly mattress talk for this episode.
2: Yeah. Very good.
1: So, okay. Well, I think that's our episode. I thanks for
2: joining us everyone. And, uh, I'm trying to think of a pun related to this, but puns usually just come off the cuff right yeah you don't yeah, you for not oh,
1: i already yeah. had the firm mattress one so i think we're okay uh, That yeah, we, f- we filled our quota for the for this episode
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: great all right thanks for joining
0: this has been the legally sound smart business show with your hosts nasir pasha and matt stop the legally sound smart business show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world Legally Sound, Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney.